It's a joy to be here this morning. It's a bit of a surprise to me. Um, even last week was a bit of a surprise. I spoke down at the Redcliffe Church last Sunday and um, out of that has come an invitation to speak here with you this morning. For those that don't know me, <clears throat> I'm supposed to be retired. <laughs> last week I came out of mothballs and I... Had a, I heard a little story about a young man who was in the service last week and he, he told somebody that this little old lady spoke at church and he went on about it. And I want you to know this morning, I might be 80, but I'm not past the used-by date. I'm not past the used-by date. Amen. I'm here at Pastor Mark's request and Pastor Nina's request to share with you the message that I spoke at Redcliffe last Sunday um, due to uh, some, uh, I think, what's coming up in the church this year that I believe that this message will be very important for you. And um, I'm speaking this morning on uh, from fear to faith. I'm speaking on stepping out of fear into faith. We are living in very difficult times at the moment. I think you would all agree. Very difficult times. And I believe that the church needs to understand the truth. We need the truth. We don't want psychology. We don't want good feeling preaching. We want the truth. And I'm not here this morning to waste your time or tickle your ears or make you feel good. I'm here to challenge you. So I'm starting to get excited now. Now I said last week as I started I was going to teach but I didn't end up teaching. I ended up preaching. So that's what my gift. So here we are. I want to read a, a story, a passage out of chap John chapter 11. And John chapter 11 gives us the occasion when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. And it's a great chapter, but I'm just reading a few verses, verse 38 to verse, uh, let me see, 44 will do, I think. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb it was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, Martha said, by this time there is a bad odour. Well, we probably wouldn't say that. We'd say it stinks. <clears throat> I could go on from there, but I'd better behave this morning. For he has been there four days. Just remember that. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you, uh, that you have heard me. I knew, knew that you always hear me. But this, this said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, and I'm not going to demonstrate that this morning, 
because you'd all jump up off your seats probably if I screamed. Lazarus, come out. He didn't go on to tell him how to do it. He just ordered him, right? The dead man came out. His hands and feet were wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. I want you to note this morning that there were really three commands that Jesus gave. First of all, he said, take away the stone. Now, fear will rob you of doing things that God wants you to do. There'll always be someone around to tell you, you can't do that. Or I wouldn't do that if I were you. And here we see a demonstration of fear. Immediately, Jesus opened his mouth because Martha cried out, hey, Lord, you can't do that. He smells, right? So notice that. Then Jesus said, called Lazarus forth. This is the second command he gave. He called Lazarus forth. And Lazarus came forth, but he was still bound. Now, he could walk. He could shuffle. He couldn't see because the grave clothes were around about his head, around about his whole body, so he just shuffled along. Now, I want to show you, I tell you something this morning that I believe that there are thousands of wonderful Christian people who are shuffling along in their Christian walk. Come on. They're shuffling. They can't see where to go. They're restricted and they're bound because they're still covered with the grave clothes of fear. And I want to point something out to you about fear this morning. It is totally opposite faith. You cannot live by faith if you are demonstrating fear in your life. Because fear is the devil's tool to rob you. Faith is God's muscle to give you ability to do what he asks you to do. They are opposite. One comes from the pit and one comes from God. And so I believe this morning that there are some of you in this place that are going to get your grave clothes of fear removed. You know, God never intended for us to struggle through life. You'll see me go like this. Up one day and down the next. Stuff coming out of your mouth that should never come out of your mouth. God intended you to live and walk in victory over the circumstances of life. And of course, at the moment, we're going through a massive challenges in our world, in our country and in our world. We have got to be faith people. Does that mean to say you'll never get COVID? No, it doesn't mean to say, but it means if you do, you're going to walk through it. Okay, you're not going to be afraid. And people today are dominated by fear. And a lot of that, let me say this, is inspired by the media. And I won't go there. I better not get on that. It's inspired by the media. Fear hath torment. 
The Bible says that fear hath torment. It's very, very clear. I think it's 1, 2 Timothy 1, 7. Fear hath torment. Fear binds people. What does fear do to people? Let me tell you. I'll tell you what it tells It's restrictive, number one. It restricts you. People can't act the way they want to act because they're worried about what people will think of them. Listen, I don't care this morning. I don't worry this morning about what you think of me. You mightn't like me. That's all right. God loves me. I want to live my life in accordance with what God wants of me, not by not to be not to be a product of my environment. You know, we are conditioned by the things that happen in our lives. You might be told as a child at school, you never amount to anything. That's a lie. Nobody knows that. You know, things are said to us and we respond to that and we get clothed in in ideas that we put upon ourselves. And so this morning there's some grave clothes of fear on restriction coming down. What else does it do? It inhibits us so that we can't act the way we want to act because we're too worried about what people will think of us. Have you ever met somebody like that? Maybe you've been like it for yourself. Oh, I can't do that. People won't like me. Or I I won't do that because people will think things of me. Come on, we've got to get past what people think and think about what God thinks of us. And he has great things in store for us if we can learn to get rid of this insidious power of fear out of our lives and learn to live by faith. And we'll come to that shortly. Every one of us can live by faith. What else does fear do? It blinds you. You can't see the truth. You know, what does is, what is, uh, the, uh, the Apostle John say? You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Come on, you'll know the truth. Where is the truth? It's here in this book. It's here in the book. You'll know the truth and the truth will set you, set you, free, set you free. Now let's have a look at fear. There are different kinds. There are three different kinds of fear. We need to understand what we're talking about. Fear, there is the fear of God. Now, it's not really the right word. That's the awe of God. That's the reverence. That's the honour of God. He's amazing. He's awesome. The awe of God. You don't stand in fear, uh, restrictive fear of God. You honour him. You respect him. You honour him. There's the second kind of fear is natural fear. There are things you just won't do, otherwise you're going to get hurt. You won't put your finger on that start stove or you won't, uh, you know, uh, drive into it. You know you're going to get hurt. That's natural fear and everybody has natural fear. I mean, you have to teach children to to be, be afraid of those things. You tell a child not to put its finger on that hot stove and sure it will, it will put its finger on there and it'll learn, won't it? All right? Fear... Then there is another kind of fear. This is the one that paralyzes you. And there are people all over the world and people throughout, even in the church, that are so paralyzed by fear, they can't do what God wants them to do. It's an insidious power and it binds, it restricts, it limits us. And 1 John 4, 18 it is that says, fear hath torment. And so we need to understand fear always looks for the worst. 
you know, you've got to be around some people. You know, that, that's all I could talk about. Oh, this might happen and that might happen and the worst. And they think the worst of everything. The worst is going to happen. And, and, and so, you know, uh, the world today is gripped by that kind of fear. And I call them negative people, negative Nellies. You don't say anything to them. It doesn't matter what you tell them, what good, exciting thing you've got to tell them. They'll say, but, but, you know, this happened to so-and-so and it didn't work. Well, come on, we've got to wash our mouths out and speak what the Word says, not what some negative Nellie might say to you, okay? And, and when I say Nellie, well, that includes male and female. Negative Nellies, I call them. Where does fear, where does this kind of fear come from? Let's ask ourselves that question. What's the source of this fear? We've got to go right back to the book of Genesis and, and, and establish how God created the human race. He created Adam and Eve in harmony, uh, love, relationship, walking with God, no fear. There was nothing like that. There was, nothing existed in the world before uh, Satan came and in, introduced fear. Now, how do I know that? I'll tell you, because the minute that Adam and Eve failed and sinned, the minute they did that, they became afraid. That's where it came from. It was birthed in sin, and they went and hid. That is our first picture of fear. And it shows me that what God created in harmony, perfect love, they walked with him in the cool of the day and had fellowship with him. You know, once they had sinned, they became aware that they were naked. They didn't know that before because they walked in purity before God. And fear came in and brought destruction to the whole human race. Now, this is where this tormenting fear comes from. It comes from the pit. And we have a great illustration, actually, in the Gospels when, when uh, Peter stepped out of the boat. You know, Jesus came to him on the water, came to them on the water, and, and uh, Peter said, If it is you, Lord, bid me come. Now, Peter stepped out of the boat in faith. In faith. Come on. He believed it was Jesus, but he got out there a little way. And what? He became afraid because he saw the winds and the waves. And Peter started to sink. And I want to tell you this morning, folk, that fear will cause you to sink anytime. We need to keep our eyes open and our faith on Jesus. Well, you know, if this is such a dreadful thing, then what's the answer to it? Faith. Faith. Now, fear is the devil's muscle. This is a muscle that the enemy puts within your life or gives to you or, or attempts you with, and, and, it, and, and he, he tries to control you with that. But faith is God's muscle. And there are a lot of misconceptions about faith in the church. Well, I'm going to get more faith. If I do this, I'll get more faith. Um, I'll go to so-and-so, they'll pray for me because they've got more faith than I have. Now, come on, hear me. I'll have so-and-so. I'm not going to go out there because they haven't got as much faith as that person out there. I want to enlighten you this morning that that's a lie from the pit of hell. Come on, hear me this morning. That's a lie. 
Nobody has any more faith than anybody else. Come on. T.L. Osborne, Old Roberts, Catherine Coleman, Reinhard Bonnke might be a name that you might remember. Not the others, perhaps. Maybe you're all not old enough. Men of faith. But they've got no more faith than you have. Come on. I've got no more faith than you have. And I can see question marks happening here. I can see a lot of question marks. How is that? Why is that? No, you have been given the measure of faith. Every born again child of God has been given the measure of faith. And that measure of faith is tied up in the person of Jesus Christ. That's not imperfect faith. Jesus didn't have little or big faith. He had faith. It was his faith. And I've got something I need for you to know that when you were born again, we've got a lot of resurrected people here this morning. You were dead in trespasses and sins. He hath quickened and made alive. You've been raised from the dead. When you were born again, you received all that Jesus was and all that he is. Everything about Jesus. You received his faith. And I will prove that to you from the scripture. And I believe that, you know, some of the modern translations, and I read them. I don't have any problem with them. But some of the modern translations have actually changed the meaning of things. One verse, Galatians 2.20 Right? I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, not I, but Christ lives within me. I live by the faith of the Son of God. That is the King James Version. I live by the faith of the Son of God. I live by his faith in me. Now, a lot of the other translations will say, and it's all very nice, I live by faith in the Son of God. Very different meaning. There's a difference between believing in and having it. Hear me? You are born again this morning. You have all the faith you're ever going to get. Oh, I've got a few more questions coming up now. I can see them on your foreheads. <laughs> Why is that? You see, if you look at a little baby when it's first born, it's got all the life in it that it's ever going to have. All the breath in it that it's ever going to have. But I want to tell you something, that baby doesn't stay a baby. It grows. Muscles, you watch it wriggling around and getting active and that it's exercising its muscles, it's going to grow. I want to tell you something this morning. Faith only enlarges as you use it. Faith grows. You've all been given the measure of faith. Everyone receives the same. I remember praying for a young lady on the, on the, in, a, in a church in Sydney one time. And uh, she said, I, I need for you to pray for me, for, pray for more faith. And I thought, 
to myself, I'm going to take the bull by the horns because I cannot pray for her to have more faith. I said, darling, I said, you've got all the faith you're ever going to get. I can't pray for you to have more faith. I can pray for you to use your faith. Use your faith. Why do all these men and women go off to the gym to get big muscles? They, get, they do that to use them, to get big muscles. Listen, if the church, the body of Christ, would use their faith, they would get strong and they would do exploits. That's what we're about. Isn't that right? Anyway, she got very offended with me, so I don't know. I can't go into that story anymore. (laughs) Faith is God's energy source, and faith brings freedom. freedom. We've got to get rid of the misconceptions that are around. I guess in the area of faith, there is so much teaching, so much people's ideas about it, but the bottom line is that you have the faith of the Son of God. And you have to learn to use it. Why is it then that some people seem to have more faith? Hmm? They've learned to use it. They've learned to understand the muscle that God has given them in Jesus himself. You know, I want to say to you this morning, I remember Reinhard Bonnke saying one time that God spoke to him and said, Reinhard, my word in your mouth is as powerful as my word out of my mouth. God said that to him. Listen, come on. We have got to learn to speak the word of God. God's word is a creative word. You know, fear doesn't create anything. It creates inhibition, restriction, bondage, blindness. Fear hath torment. Faith is creative. Let me tell you this morning that this whole world, go back to the book of Genesis, this whole world was created by the spoken word of God. God said, let there be light and there was light. He is a speaking God and he has never changed from there to here. He is still a speaking God and he speaks through us and we have got to learn to be speakers of the word of God. God's word as it comes out of your mouth is a creative word. And so, you know, it's very important for us. I remember in 2005 when we uh, came into a time of of a tremendous challenge in our lives when uh, David was diagnosed with a uh, very aggressive brain cancer that would end up taking his life. I remember coming out of the doctor's office after that doctor diagnosis and I couldn't speak. I was struck dumb. Walked to the car because I had to drive and, and, and opened the door of the car. And this is what came out of my mouth. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Now, we went through nine months of challenge. David lost his ability to read, to write, to, to look after himself and and. I look back on that time now and I think, Lord, how on earth did I ever do that? He said, what come out of your mouth? What you speak? And all the way through that nine months, we worshipped, we spoke the word. You might say, well, David died, didn't he? Yes, he died. But God knows all those. I have never asked why. 
Because I'll tell you, the di- uh, two weeks before he died, I stood on the front porch and I said, Lord, I know you can heal David. I know that. I know it. You can give him back his ability to read and write and preach and do all that stuff. But I said, it's not my will. It's yours. It's your will. And if you choose to take David home to be with you, I will never ask you why. And this is 15, be 16 years this year. I have never asked God why. Do I understand? No. But God understands and he knows and he's in charge. I don't have to fret. I don't have to get fearful. I don't have to worry because God's in charge. You see, folks, it's what comes out of your mouth in the time of challenge. It's a time, it's the word of God. If fear is expressed out of your mouth, you better switch gears because fear and faith are gears. They're two opposite gears, like the gears of a car, forward and reverse. Now, I don't want to go backwards. I want to go forward. I want to put my faith into gear. Put it in. You know, take it up a notch. Take it up a notch. Take it up a notch. And every challenge you can face without fear. You can see this morning that fear does restrict people. And, you know, it is a, it is a concern to me to look around and watch people over many, many years now and see how many people's lives are restricted. God never intended for you to struggle. Come on. He never intended for you to struggle. We heard this morning from Jacinta over the communion message what Jesus did. When he did that, folks, he broke the bars. He broke the bars of hell's sin and death. He rose triumphant. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. We've got to represent this one. We've got to represent him by what comes out of our mouth rather than the fears that have inhibited us and bound us. And I don't know how I'm going for time. Oh, that's pretty good, isn't it? Up there. Hey, I'm going to finish a bit early. They can get out early this morning. (laughs) Lazarus was raised from the dead. There's a lot more to this story, of course, that we could learn. But he was raised from the dead. And when he came out, he was shuffling. He was restricted. He could never have lived, gone on in life like that. But I tell you, it's a burden to me and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a cause of my heart to be affected when so many people, God's people, Christian people, are shuffling about. They can't see where they're going. They're always asking questions. They're always blaming God or blaming this or blaming that or blaming something else. Or there's people like Martha. You can't do that. It smells. Come on, I bet you've all had, I shouldn't say that, I'll guarantee you've all had someone say to you, you can't do that. Come on, we've got to get the grave clothes of fear. Jesus gave a third command. He said to them, Take the grave clothes off him. 
The grave clothes were around his head, around his arms, around his legs. He couldn't walk properly. And there are so many pressures. Why why do we have to spend so much time in counselling people and helping people when they have access to this word of God and this word of God will break every barrier. It'll set every captive free. It'll break the grave clothes of fear and loose you into the destiny of God. And so we know... He was still bound. Loose him and let him go. And so many people today are restricted. Can you get more faith? Well, you can't get more faith, but your faith can grow. When I look back over our lives and I see, you know, I was very blessed to live with a man who was a man of faith. He understood faith. And, of course, you live with someone long enough and you get, you get a bit of it, don't you? And I know what faith can do, real genuine faith in God. Listen, it's the faith of Jesus. It's his faith, his faith in us. Get it out of your mind that you can, you can go into somebody and get prayer to get more faith because that's, you're just wasting your breath. You're just wasting breath. And, you know, we, we sometimes say things. We're wasting our breath. We need to, and I use this term, wash our mouths out and get full of the word of God, of God's word. Hallelujah. Do you know that there are 365 fear knots in the scripture? That's one for every day. One for every day. And probably an extra one or two for the leap year. 365 fear knots. What is your confession today? You have been given, Paul talks about it in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17. You've been given uh, the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit is, it says there, the Word of God. The Word of God is your weapon. The Word of God will cause your faith to grow as you express that faith in situations that you're going through. God never intended for you to struggle one day up and one day down. He intended for you to walk on an even plane. Yeah, things might be difficult, but you walk through them. Amen? Fear will destroy your faith. Faith comes from God. Amen? Are you with me this morning? So I'm going to ask you this morning, what's in your mouth? What's in your mouth? Are you exercising faith, the faith of God? Or are you saying, well, I've got faith because my faith is in God? Listen, that's a wrong concept. Get understanding this morning. Get revelation this morning. That's what you need, a revelation by the Holy Ghost, that you're not living by the faith that's given to you. You're living by the faith of the Son of God. And listen, it's not, it's not imperfect faith. Faith is a muscle In the person of Jesus, when you received him, you received everything he has. Everything he is. Uh, All right, this morning, I'm pretty through. Is that all right? I'll tell you when I'm finished. But I'm not quite finished yet because I want want to pray for some people. I'm not going to have an altar call, not at all. But I'm going to ask you, if God has spoken to you this morning that you have an area in your life 
that is governed by fear, that is dominated by fear, that there are things you can't do, there are things you think about yourself, there are, there are things that inhibit you, bind you. I'm going to pray one prayer. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet, stand to your feet, and I'm going to pray. Now, everybody, I know there's grave clothes of fear. I can see them. Come on. Come on. There's people standing. Yeah, they're brave, brave people. Stand up. You've got grave clothes of fear. It can be in any area. Just stand up. That's right. Come on. This is the day. This is the day that your life will change forever. Your life will be changed. It could be some inhibition. It could be some thing that you can't, you felt restricted and you can't do because it's bound you up. That's right. There's a lot of people standing. And I believe, and I, it's, it's brave. It's brave to do that. But I want to tell you, your life will change if you ask God now by the Holy Spirit to give you a revelation of the fact that the faith he's given you is the faith of Jesus Christ and it breaks every bondage, every fear, every inhibition, every restriction, every blindness in the name of Jesus. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I look out over this congregation and I see brave men and brave women who are acknowledging in your holy presence this morning that there are areas in their lives that are restricted by fear and they know that by the way they talk about things. And I'm taking authority this morning that you have given me by the Spirit of God over these fears and these torments in Jesus' name and I loose you, I unbind the, the grave clothes of fear from your life in the name of Jesus and I loose you and set you free today into the destiny of God for your life. No longer, and I speak by prophecy this morning, no longer will you be limited in your ability to do things that have made you frightened before. No longer shall you be restricted and limited because the Spirit of God is coming to you today to bring revelation and the days will come when you will look back on this day and you will know that this day God brought you revelation and changed your life forever. And you are going to step into areas that you have never tried. You're going to step into abilities that you've been afraid to do. You're going to step because somebody and somebody here has had some, something said to them in the past. You can't do that. You will never make it. I'm speaking to somebody in particular. The Spirit of God is saying to you this morning, that's a lie from the pit of hell and from this moment forward, you will step into those things that you've been restricted in. You'll step into a, a clear walk with God. You will not be bound anymore. You will be loosed. In fact, people are going to say, what's happened to her? What's happened to him? He is different. God has done something powerful in your life and the fruit and the evidence of that will bear to light in this church and out of this church and I speak it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen.